Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, it's a snow day and we're all stuck inside, which is just how the mayor, the governor wants us trapped inside, can't go to the gym, can't go to restaurants, but hey, they're closed anyway. We bring on a professor, a doctor to defend the lockdowns. We've been looking for someone to do this, someone to disagree with me and tell us why we got to remain inside and lockdown. We'll bring him on. We'll uh, hear what he has to say. Also, I've changed my mind on Tom Cruise. I think what he did is uh, understandable and even commendable. We'll get uh, Alex Reamer's thoughts on that. And uh, and uh, the NFL is expanding to 17 games. And Tom Brady is going to make the Pro Bowl. Tom Brady is one the uh, the divorce the 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 battle with Bill Belichick and it wasn't even close. We'll get into all that and more on this rainy uh, rainy snowy day here on the Callahan Podcast, brought to you by DCU. Why do DCU members love their free training accounts? It's simple: no monthly maintenance fees, no minimum balance, no strings attached. What's better is with direct deposits to their free checking accounts, DCU members can get paid up to two days early, zero monthly maintenance fees, zero monthly balance, zero reasons not to switch. They'll even remove the hassle of switching your direct deposits and automatic payments from your current checking account. Learn more and make the switch today at dcu.org slash free checking, insured by NCUA, membership required. All right, Colin, here we go. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. That is Thursday, December 17th. What is that? Eight days to Christmas, and we are all snowed in in the Northeast. I just saw one uh, uh, update from Binghamton, New York. 41 inches. <laughs> 41 inches. Nice. And, and uh, I also saw a um, a column from someone I used to work with writing that uh, Tom Brady betrayed us all because he said he never wants to live in the Northeast again. He likes the warm weather. How dare Tom Brady like the warm weather? I mean, if you think Tom Brady wants to move back here and live back here, we're all snowed in. It's like eight degrees and we're getting feet, many, many feet of snow. But the good news is that Alex Reamer made his whiskey run. That was his priority before. The snow started. He said he had to make a whiskey run, which yes, I don't. It sounds like you might have a little problem there, Reams. You had to get out and make sure you got your whiskey for the for the snow. I've been drinking a lot the last ten months. Yep, there's no, there's no doubt about it. There's been a lot more drinking than usual. I'm not, I'm not a whiskey guy. Is this like a flavored whiskey type thing that you guys just call like it? just like Larceny? It's like eighteen dollars, but it looks nice. Uh, I'm usually not a huge whiskey drinker either, but uh, for the snowy occasion, as we're snowed in and locked down, Jerry, I think it's good definitely whiskey. a uh, winter, a cold weather drink. Is it bourbon or scotch? What did you get? Uh, bourbon. I'm bourbon. You got bourbon. Have you started sipping yet? Is that what uh, you last night? To- a little bit, a little bit last night, a little bourbon sipping. Tried to tried to not bourbon sip and rage tweet at the same time. That's usually yeah. a bad combination. <laughs> and something because you know nothing about that, Jerry. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I I try to avoid it too. But uh, usually, you can tell like but what time of day it is, how many typos are in the tweet that if someone is. Uh, uh, drunk tweeting. So we'll be looking for lots of drunk tweeting tonight, not just from Reamer, but for lots of people who are locked down. Uh, and it, it, everyone's going to get drunk and fat because, he, as, as, as we've mentioned more than once, the gyms are closed. Uh, Marty Walsh, our fearless leader in, Mos- in, uh, in Boston, 
decided gyms were bad for you. He wants you to stay home and get fat because that's always the best way to avoid COVID. Stay inside and get well, fat. Well, he said yesterday on uh, our, our old station that uh, you can go for a run outside. You don't need a gym. I mean, today's a nice day to run outside. Did he really say that? Yeah, yeah you can go for a run oh, outside. Right. I, I, I didn't hear it. I just heard that uh, the morning host, Chris Curtis, was kind of tough on the mayor, which is good. But Gave it to him. Um, I, I hate that. I mentioned that yesterday, and I, I obviously have been raging against the closing of the gyms. It's insane. It's foolish. And by the way, I told uh, uh, Cullinane to find someone who's in favor of these pointless lockdowns with the gyms and the restaurants and everything else. And uh, we're going to talk to a, uh, a Northeastern professor who says, you know, we got to lock it all down. Um, he won't have any reason why or any numbers or any data or any evidence because they don't. Marty Walsh essentially admitted that. Uh, so did uh, so did de Blasio and Cuomo with the restaurants. Restaurants account for just over 1% of the infections in New York. 76% of them are, uh, happen at home. So naturally, uh, they decided in their infinite wisdom to close the bars and tell everyone to go home. Now, in, in Boston, we're closing the gyms. We're limiting the bars. No more bar seating. Did you know that yet, Reamer? Because you can go to the restaurant. But you can't sit at the bar. You get special approval. My pals at Boston Chops, Brian Pacini, they got approval for to continue their bar seating. Oh, you need a special permit. I bet yes. you have to pay for it too, right? A special permit, and the permit inspectors come, and yeah, it's a whole yeah, exactly. I mean, nobody is ever going to accuse uh, Marty Walsh of being, uh, you know, the smartest of uh, the mayors in, in the in this in this country. But telling people to go for a jog, you know, what's um, more dangerous for people? under 70 and uh, and under 400 pounds jogging in a blizzard well, it's good way to put on those snowshoes and get out there and, you know the, the plot and you, and you get these big snow banks and you get these plow yeah. drivers who can't see anything and you get these cars from uh, essential workers or people making a whiskey run like you going out in the storm hey you have to do that last night though too late today for the whiskey run sorry people you have done that yesterday i'm watching some highlights on uh, on twitter right now of cars sliding all over the highways all over the roads if you're you know jogging did the, did the mayor really say that? I want to confirm. He well, said, I mean, I don't, think, I don't think he recommended jogging outside in a blizzard specifically, but he did say, you know, people can run outside. There are other things you can do besides go to a gym. So did he say why he closed gyms? Because no, I mean, nobody, nobody has an answer. Uh, right, Dave, you heard it. What was his reason? I heard it. He, he just, he just, he didn't provide any data backed by it or anything like that. He played the whole, you don't know, you don't know what's going on card. I mean, so. I, we talked about this yesterday, and uh, I went on the uh, Buck Sexton show, which is oh, uh, great nationally Buck on 180 stations with my man Buckster. There you go. And uh, it is madness. Uh, everybody, all talk show hosts and you know TV, cable, news guys are talking about it because you used to hear them at least try to make a case or try to lie about it or try to say, you know, we have to do this because X. They can't do that now. Uh, Marty Walsh can't tell you why he's closing gyms because the, the data flies in the face of this order. It says, I mean, I gave you the numbers the other day. What was the percentage point? Oh, 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 three, two, five. Yeah, uh, I have something four, easy. 40, 45, I'm sorry, 45 positive cases in 1.3 million visits to gyms in, in four months. Point oh, 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 three, two, five percent of uh, gym goers have tested positive. It's insane. They, 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 you know, it's much higher uh, 
you know, at, at obviously at home, in the nursing homes, in the hospitals, hell, you name it, probably in Walmart, in Costco, in Home Depot, in Cheesecake Factory, the numbers are higher. But it doesn't matter. Marty Walsh wanted to do something. He wanted to show you and me that he meant business. And he literally couldn't answer the question, why are you oh. doing this? Well, yeah. And what I find most perverse in that interview is that, and not to spend our whole show on it, but I mean, so, and then he threatens it. He goes, well, you know, if it gets worse, we're going to go back another stage. And that means closing hair salons and restaurants. And so it's, so, so, and and he's not the only one who says that. Cuomo said, it's like their threat. Like, oh, you'll wait until we roll back even more. Like that, like they like doing this because as you know, Jerry, see, this you, is why you come around on this, Reamer. I've, see always, I've always been this way with the lockdown. You've been That's a little squishy. You haven't been yeah. a hardcore lockdown liberal. You sure as shit weren't pushing GoFundMes or anything like that. Uh, well, or whatever, or, or whatever you were pushing on Twitter. The well, other Trump day. is now out of office, so we can. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you've accepted the results of the election <laughs> since last time we spoke, Jerry? Or what, you, what yes, I, I've admitted uh, your okay. side stole it fair and square. Oh, good. Okay, I had good. it off to you, but you. <laughs> You voted for lockdowns. You voted for for uh, Biden and Harris. They did team lockdown. Uh, so you get what well, you pay. No, no, to me, to me, it doesn't really affect me. I'm doing this podcast, and we're doing quite well. And I'm not. Uh, I'm, no one's locking me down, right? I mean, they they locked down our friends at the Legacy Club, but we've adapted. That's what you have to do. Adapt. It is ruining that's not, that's not necessarily true because this podcast does need to make revenue and there's plenty of people that cut their budgets and couldn't spend money. We on lost, well, we lost uh, one, one good advertiser, but we found another one. I, I, I don't tell you everything, Jerry, but don't worry. I'm, and, I'm an optimist. I'm not a well, pessimist. I, I know we, I'm talking about the good ones, the big ones. And, uh, you know, it, uh, they, they shut down, put it this way. They shut down hair replacement, uh, places. Oh, that's too bad. Um, you know, for for whatever reason, the whole sports talk radio industry is hurting. Though, if they shut down hair replacement and penis enlargement uh, <laughs> and sports, <laughs> which is strange because sex is really the only thing you can do nowadays, right? You're at home. That's, that's true. They devastate well, only only within your immediate household, though. So for a, a single people, oh, that's true. Yes. Celibacy is recommended. Yeah, yes. and, uh, but I do think uh, we'll see who bounces back and who does it. Is thin the uh, the herd for sure, um, but um, the, the problem we have is. This, you know, these, these, this flexing of the muscles from mayors and governors, they're gonna, they're not gonna say, wow, look, we got the vaccine. Um, you know, we're back on track. Uh, let's, let's all go back to work. Let's go back to the gyms. Let's go out and eat. Let's have concerts, you know, and, and games. Uh, as, as, as the Buckster, Buck Sexton and I talked about, there will be, and I know another, uh, uh, a number of other people have predicted this, get ready. In sometime in January, maybe February, when the vaccine seems to be working and millions of people have been vaccinated, they're going to need a reason to continue to maintain to maintain control. And it will be a a mutation. There'll be a mutation of the virus that maybe doesn't uh, get affected by the vaccine. So we better stay locked down. You better listen to us. And then my prediction is once it appears to be burning out completely. You were going to hear climate change fanaticism like you've never heard before. Well, that, well that's a real threat, actually. Right. I mean, if you think this is bad, wait until oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, the, I the waves come, Jerry. Let's see. My, my wind, the snow is up in my I windows know. right now. Uh, you're, you're yeah. James Inhofe bringing a oh. snowball to the Senate floor. Oh. Oh. Still, I mean, that the- climate change is killing us there, Greta von Reimer. 
It is. Um, it is. But here, here's the, but Jerry, see, this is why you and I get along now, despite all of our differences. We believe, I think, centrally that people in life and men in particular pursue three things, right? Money, power, and sex. And this lockdown, the closing up, it gives all these mayors and governors and other officials all of this power. So if they like this. Of course, they don't want to give it up. They like to decide like, mm, who am I going to allow to go outside of their house today? Mm, which business am I going to allow to open up today? This is what they like. They yeah. like it. And I agree with you. I was watching my girl Maddo last night. She was talking to a member of the Biden COVID team. And, and he said, you know, look, just, you know, we only have enough vaccines right now for about 230 million people. That's not enough for herd immunity. So, I mean, at until the end of, you know, quarter three, quarter four, 2021, will still be in the, like, they, much, yeah, they, they much, want this much, for another year. Much at least. more than, much more than enough. Um, there are 60, 70 million wow. children in this country who do not need a vaccination. We know that there's going to be people who don't take the vaccination, but here's what I don't get. And we played, we mocked this guy, Gupta. You know, there's oh, a, Sanjay Gupta. Yeah. No, yeah, there's like another it. Gupta. Oh, there's a oh, bunch yeah. of Guptas and they're all, I came up with a new term yesterday. You know, we, we know what Karen's are. Now we know what Guptas are. It's these, these busy body TV cable doctors who don't talk about never wanting to cede control. These guys don't want to lose their significance in our world. So they're going to get uh, more extreme by the day. This little twerp Vinny, I think it's Vin Gupta came on uh, and said, just because you get the vaccine doesn't mean you let your guard down. You must still wear a mask, no more travel, social distance, all the usual stuff, even actually after you're vaccinated. And, and everyone's like, why? <laughs> what if you're well, vaccinated? Because not, well, it depends on where we are in the process, though. Like, if we're still why? early. If you're vaccinated, on, why do you need to wear a mask? Because it's about protecting others this whole but time. you don't have it. So what? How can you? Let's hear from our. Let's hear from a real. Let's hear from the real doctor here because we didn't put a face to the name yesterday. So this week, are you getting your uh, vaccination this week? Getting your Uh, tomorrow morning, and I'm and I'm grateful for it. Um, Chuck, I just wanted to say uh, just a follow up on what Yasmin mentioned. Uh, Just for your viewers out there, um, I I know one of uh, the the individuals who we just saw getting vaccinated is planning on traveling after the second dose. This is a source of confusion. But no, uh, this is one of the misperceptions here. Just because you get vaccinated with that second dose does not mean you should be participating in things like traveling in the middle of an out-of-control pandemic or that you're liberated from masks. Mm -hmm. Everything. Oh, my. You're liberated. He is not going to liberate us from masks. And and if you let it play, he says, you know, we don't know. Maybe there'll be some symptoms you could still transfer. You You know, we do know. He knows. They just don't want to give it up. They don't want to give it up. So you're telling me oh, well, you're I mean, he's a handsome guy, that Gupta, though. Oh, I like man. I like him. Why is he getting this vaccination, by the way? He's about 120 pounds. He's Looks young. Good. Awesome. He's handsome. Yeah. I mean, Looks like not, he's found a way to go to a gym over the last 10 he, months. He's so not in a high-risk category. He should be getting it. I mean, we must limit uh, all our vaccines to, to murderers and rapists, as Charlie Baker said. He's, a, front, he's a frontline worker. He's going to get it, and then he's going to go to the Super Bowl because the NFL is going to take him. He's busy. He's on TV. He's not doing it. Anyway, anyway, they're never going to say, you'll never, ever hear Dr. Fauci, who turns 80 one week from today. Happy birthday. In the rest of his life. You know, he's our guardian, Jerry. Time Magazine has voted him our guardian of the year, Dr. Oh, guardian. Oh, my guardian angel. Yeah, yeah. you said Clarence, doesn't he, in, in Wonderful Life? Um, yeah, my guardian <laughs> angel, Anthony Fauci. Uh, he will never, ever, you will never hear a quote from uh, Fauci saying, 
You don't need a mask anymore. You can hug your mother. You can shake hands with your friends. He will never say that. Well, he was saying that at the start of the pandemic that we didn't need a mask. <laughs> In March, and, 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 and again, I'm referring to my man Buck Sexton and I yesterday talked about this. In March, not only did he say you don't need a mask, he said you can go on a cruise. He said right. you should continue to look for love on Tinder. And I'm still doing that. I I have not stopped. (laughs) Well, you shouldn't. You're young and healthy. You're 28. By the way, we should get to your your birthday. How was your birthday? Terrible. I got into a car accident. I was hit. It wasn't your fault? No, it was not my fault. I was on I-93 Frontage Road. You know what I'm talking about? Near Dorchester in Boston. I come to a complete stop. Insurance company's listening. A complete stop at the stop sign. I merge into the right lane, and then bam, I'm hit on the left front, left driver's side bumper. I skid across the road. I'm actually lucky to not be injured. Wow. It was very and traumatizing. This was on your birthday? On my birthday night. You, I came back from a charcuterie you were, run. You I was sober? Yeah, 100%. Yes. Sober. It's sober on your birthday. It was like six o'clock, you know, so they, I, they caught I, me at well, the right I time. You credit, I gave you credit on, the, on Twitter. You wrote a. Uh, Uh, A letter to your younger self, and I will say this is not an original idea, except you're so young. Usually, people who write letters to their younger selves are my age or, you know, whatever, 50 or 40 at least, and they write a letter to their teenage self or their college-age self. You're 28, and you write a letter to your 22-year-old self. A little self-aggrandizing, but that's okay. It was, but I'm telling you, it's hard to come up, as I know better than, it's hard to come up with original ideas or good ideas. And it was, the whole theme of it was calm down, stop stressing, stop worrying about everything. Did it work? Now that you're 28, are you still worrying about everything? I know you're- Absolutely. It has not worked. (laughs) Not not listened but but it was a good piece. You got you, feedback on it, right? I got great feedback. A Substack that came through. People, if I write sad pieces that make people feel bad for me, they will give me money. So I think that's going to be the new theme yes. of the Substack. <laughs> I think the new theme is sad poor Alex. And, Basically, uh, yeah, sad poor mean, Alex. It's been very tough for me. We could come up with some sad topics for Reamer. I mean, you could. You're isolated. God knows you're snowed in. You you have written how you can't go to the bars, your favorite bars, uh, and and you know find love. Um, you you've been you've been uh, essentially uh, forsaken by your former radio station, which has nothing to do with you. It's my fault or, or uh, the old morning show's fault. Now, you guys are the reason why I can't write. At this point, I would be like an editor at large at the New Yorker. I would have taken Tubin's job. If it wasn't for my affiliation <laughs> yeah, with you. you. Probably would have gotten the same kind of trouble as Tubin did. Did you read the New York Times? Did a huge thing on I, Tubin. I, I, of course, night. I didn't read it. I read the, the the headline to the New York Times piece or the tweet, and it said it was like trying to find out why Tubin went from respected legal expert to. Uh, laughing stock. Yeah. And I like it. I got an idea. He got <laughs> caught spanking it on Zoom. No, but I home. but I didn't know what a privileged upbringing he had. His mother was one of the first women to be on the ground reporting in Vietnam. His father was a news director at a station in New York. He went to the Ivy. I mean, Tubin, like, this is a guy who was born to be a New Yorker staff writer. Yeah, and New York, CNN won't even say whether or not they shit can the guy or not. CNN will not fire him. I mean, if they were going to fire him, wouldn't they have done it already? They're hoping it blows over. I love that. And I, well, I what's the name is buddies with them, right? The guy who runs CNN and yes. he's leaving next year. Zucker, so, right. Exactly. Yeah, just, you know, get right. rid of him. But you know what? He fits in so well with that whole crowd. He's pompous, as you point out, privileged. And my theory is he wasn't caught doing anything. He did it 
and I don't even know if we, you and I talked about this. He did it on purpose. No, it was a thrill. He didn't think right, for Jane Mayer to see his yes, uh, thrill, the danger of it all. It's why you know Pee Wee Herman did it in the movie theater. It's the danger of it all. Uh, maybe and he got caught and it blew up on him. And he thought, you know, he was going to leave them wondering, did I just see what I thought I saw? And he he let it hang a little too long. Let you know, and 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 he got caught because he's obviously a a, a dirty little perverted. Little well, he is, and that was part of the New York Times piece. They talked to, to someone who used to have an affair with him, and he left like this dirty message on her voicemail about what he all the things he was going to do to her. And she's like, "Yeah, I just thought Jeffrey was a creepy guy, you know, harmless but creepy." That was his reputation. Harmless but creepy. Yeah, um, harmless but creepy. I mean, and and if obviously if he were not a hardcore liberal, he would be done. It'd be over. It'd be you know ruined um, forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're if he got caught just jacking it at home, you know, by someone whatever looking in the window, or maybe he mistakenly left his camera on and no one was on there, but someone recorded it. You'd say, hey, that's what people do. But he did this on purpose in front of his coworkers. And thought he could get away with it because he gets away with things. He knows- why do you think that wasn't on purpose, Alex? Like, why of all times to spank it? You chose when you're on a. Um, I mean, no, I, I just important conference call. I'm yeah, not- I just think that he thought he was on his other camera. Like, I'm sure the thrill of it excites him, but I don't think he intended for uh, Mesha Gessen at the New Yorker to see it. I really don't. Okay, so the thrill of masturbating while during work hours on a work call yes. existed. It's just he may not. He didn't plan to be caught doing it. Well, yeah, because he did it to another feed. Right, wasn't that thing? He he thought his like other camera was yeah, muted or right. something. Yeah. Right, that's what he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna get to we're gonna get to people who uh, are um, did these things accidentally on purpose because I want to talk about Tom Cruise with you. That thing went just exploded everywhere. But Tubin is yet to be fired for CNN. He has to be because. Can you imagine him coming on on TV right now? How anyone could look at him and not giggle and not wonder <laughs> if the camera's here. Or he's on a Zoom call if he has his, you know, joint in his hand while he's doing the report. He's giving it a gentle tug. I mean, that's all you're going to think when you look at him, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they call it tubing. You're tubing it. Yeah, you're doing a tubing. By the way, people don't even know. If you were a conservative, you would know every detail about this. He knocked up his co-worker's daughter. Jeff, right. Jeff Green. And then, re- and then refused to pay for the uh, uh, child. No, child first, first, he denied it was his. She right. had to get the uh, maternity test. Then he refused to pay child support. She had right. to sue. And then he reluctantly paid. And now, you know, he actually visits his kid like once a year. What a father. What a great guy. He didn't see his kid for the first uh, six months of his he life. begged and pleaded for her to abort his child. He is absolute scum. There's absolutely no reason you should want to keep him, even if you're CNN. I mean, aren't these legal guys a dime a dozen? These TV lawyers, they all come on. They all, you know, hate Dershowitz. Trump. Great replacement. Alan Dershowitz. Yeah, <laughs> nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, Dershowitz's record is perfect. I mean, yeah. he can tell you about the times he spent with Jeffrey Epstein in the mansion down in Florida and maybe with his Florida. wife getting massaged. Uh, he was in. The, did you watch The Undoing on HBO? Did you watch that series? I've not seen I've that. Not. Tubin, Tubin was in it. They cut him out uh, visually, but they didn't right. cut his voice out of it. Which, right. You know, that's, I don't know, that's shocking. I was, I was amazing. A million projects in Hollywood, too. It's like amazing. But, but like, like, like Anthony Weiner was communicating, didn't touch anybody, was communicating with an underage uh, woman, girl on, uh, right. Uh, yes, uh, on texts. Right. He did time in federal prison. I mean, he, even though he was a good liberal, uh, you know, who was, uh, uh, 
I had a good relationship with the, you know, with the Clintons and, you know, everybody, the establishment. He's done. He's ruined. He's over. I mean, because he was texting with uh, a underage girl. This guy's actually beating it on camera and CNN is trying to find a way to bring him back. Good luck. Good luck uh, with that. I mean, I hope they do so I can mock and ridicule him like everyone else. It is amazing. He's 60 years old and he's still that, you know, that, that horny, that he's active. <laughs> he's still that active. Uh, but I, I, I don't, I, I don't see how you bounce back from this. I didn't know. I didn't know I was that horny until uh, uh, Pornhub took away amateur porn this week, which really yeah. rattled me. Pornhub took away ten million videos, just yes. eliminated them. But well, uh, they should have. I mean, do you read that expose? Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah, it, is, it is. It truly is. It is amazing. I know. I know. Matt Walsh from uh, from Daily Wires gets mocked. Uh, uh, you know, he's he's a proponent of uh, banning porn, essentially. And he makes the most simple point, which is the best point. Like you can't get online and do anything without, you know, identifying yourself. You can't, you have to sign up. You can't, uh, you know, gamble. You can't gamble. Just come on and gamble. You can get up and watch the most hardcore porn. If you're 12 years old on your laptop and, and you could watch just the most things that you didn't know that, that I didn't know human beings could do. They could see that 12 year olds with no password, no credit card, no ID, nothing. It is remarkably permissive. And I think some people are catching on. People are becoming more computer savvy and realizing how easy it is for children to view just the most. Well, I think I wound up the way I am. Is that what happened? See, you would yeah. be example A. I would be. I would like to introduce in, this into evidence, Your Honor. <laughs> this little pervert was able to get on. Uh, I said this. I said this last week. It took me 24 hours to download the first porn I ever saw in my, um, on dial-up AOL internet. 24 hours. That's and why you were, that and you were scared to death that somehow they were tracking you. But how'd, would, your, how'd your how'd your how'd your how'd your how'd you keep that from your parents? Just the what? Just down? Oh, you mean because I was logged in straight for twenty four yeah. hours? That was the you know back in the AOL. And was that dial? And, and, and dial up would take up the phone line too. Yeah. So no call, yeah. no incoming calls and, 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 to the. Yes, I'm telling you, and you were yep. just afraid they could track you. They could see you, and there's oh, am I going to get caught? This is illegal. Now, kids. I mean, I can't imagine what they're trying to do in real life because of what they're learning and seeing on uh, Pornhub. Or well, it's YouTube. gone to like OnlyFans where you you become your own cam star. I've yep. flirted with starting my own page, but uh, yeah, right. uh, OnlyFans brought in five hundred million dollars this year, and they yeah. made four hundred million. <laughs> can you explain to me what OnlyFans is exactly? Oh, it's easy. It's like it's like you you become a sex cam star, and people pay to watch your videos. But obviously, you got to have something going on. You can't. Well, be, right? Yeah. Well, you can. Like if, you, uh, if Chris Christie started his own OnlyFans, he probably wouldn't make any money. Would maybe he? there are people into yeah. that. I mean, that's the thing with OnlyFans. There's our fetishes. We used to talk about that woman, Diane Simpson or Debbie Simpson or whatever her name was. She's the fattest woman in the world. She claims that she people pay to watch her eat. Yeah, <laughs> makes, right. She makes like millions, and we'd play the. And she would literally sit down and eat like a cheesecake, and guys all over the world were watching you know, pleasuring themselves to watching this woman do her, you know, eat her lunch. And well, it's like that SMR thing where people like to hear someone chew an apple into a microphone. I don't even say that. We went over that. I, that creeps me out so much. And I know it, it helps some people, including my, my former, you know, co-host. Oh, that's right. That's right. That sound creeps me out so much. Oh, it, it, it backfires with me. It, it, I, that would keep me up listening to that noise, but Here's what I'm going to say about this. Back to the snow day. Okay, Nina, yep. I don't want to talk about uh, 
creepy old ladies biting apples. Um, you want to talk about tube? Uh, we talked about tube. <laughs> I'm, I changed my mind on two things today. I'm not afraid to. I'm not willing to admit when I was wrong. I thought it was ridiculous that kids got a snow day when they're remote learning and, and teachers got another day off when they've had so many days off. I changed my mind. A day like this, they should get a snow day. They should be allowed to go outside even. You know what? I think since they're all wearing masks, face masks, ski masks, they should even play with other kids today. I know that's radical, dangerous, but I can't imagine. I'm lucky. I don't have kids in front of the, the, the camera like uh, – Shattuck does and T and V and, uh, and, um, and turtle boy does remote learning, but they're exhausted mentally. They're sick of it. They're so tired of it. This is a good day to get a little, get outside and get away. Right, from your wish. Outside. Yeah. Yeah. You go sledding on the snow day and kill grandma by Christmas. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's the choices you got to okay. make. Fine. Okay. Fauci, Fauci, who yesterday said you shouldn't see parents, shouldn't see their children on Christmas. He said he's not going to see his, and I know he has three daughters, and I'm sure they're thrilled. They don't have to see him. Oh, come he, on. I mean, how much more can you see of this egomaniac on front of the camera? Somebody gave him credit, you know, c celebrated the fact that he's going to get the uh, vaccine on camera. I mean, that does everything on camera. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting to turn on the TV and see him on the toilet, see him <laughs> clipping his toenails. The guy's on camera every day. Enough. Go away. Go home. You're 80. I don't want to get into that. I want to get back to that. But first, let me talk about WellCare Botanicals. You ever wonder what helps you perform at the highest level? Well, the idea of sustaining brilliant energy throughout the day, easily falling asleep and waking up completely refreshed can seem out of reach sometimes. Why? Well, most people are dealing with lots of responsibilities. They struggle with anxiety. They experience mental and physical pain in their daily life. And the solution to better energy and well-being needs to come directly from nature. That's why WellCare Botanicals is empowering people everywhere to feel better the simple way with pure organic quality hemp products full of cbd from flower to bottle their team of medical professionals and chemists harvest hemp phytocannabinoids through a zero residual co2 extraction process to produce the highest potency giving you a completely organic way to nourish your energy and feel calm well care botanicals is the future of cbd affordably accessible and better for you than ever well-being starts with WellCare. Order your WellCare Botanicals at wellcarebotanicals.com or call 888-211-2011 today. Use code Callahan for 20% off. We talked about Tom Cruise yesterday. I know you've heard the sound. Everybody's heard the oh, sound. God. Yeah, go ahead. What was your take on this? I've heard more from Tom Cruise than I have from Fauci in the last 24 hours, which is something. But my take was that one of those guys on the set should have knocked them out. Uh, are we are we doing the professor? Uh, from he the, hasn't called in yet. So eight forty five. So we can do. We're waiting for the Northeastern yeah. professor who's going to defend lockdowns. That's what we need. Defend closing the gyms. Defend closing the restaurants. Because I haven't found anybody yet who can make the case for it. Certainly not the mayor of Boston or the governor of Massachusetts. So we're going to find someone. Someone smart. You know, someone. I think he has a doctorate in education from the University of Delaware too. So he's a brilliant doctor. Anyway, I think he's going to bring data. By the way, I think he's going. I think he's 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 ready with and armed with information for you. Good. You know, I'm, I'm open minded yeah. on this. School me, but um. So I thought it was a little over the top from Tom Cruise, and I thought someone should have slapped him because he is you know five foot two and kind of obnoxious in this uh, on this tape. But I changed my mind because when you listen to it. I mean, 
he did seem like the ultimate Karen, yelling at people because they weren't social distancing. Uh oh. Uh-oh, have we lost the G-Man? Have we lost Jerry? We He's lost frozen him. in time. He's we'll never looked see. better, though. Reboot, Jerry. Reboot. <laughs> well, we'll play. We'll play. How about this? We'll play the audio he's referencing while okay. uh, while he gets rebooted there. We're back here in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. Because they believe in us and what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every f***ing studio at night. Insurance companies. Producers. And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs, you I don't ever want to see it again. Ever. And if you don't do it, you're fired. If I see you do it again, you're gone. And anyone on this crew does it. That's it. And you too. And you too. I could listen. I could listen to him do this all day. I think. I think Jerry's standpoint is he was a Karen. What he said yesterday, but that he just comes off as more of an asshole because he was excessively yelling. You know what I mean? I mean, but the thing is, like the alleged infraction was these crew members were masked and standing like three feet apart instead of six feet apart. So knowing Correct. how minor it wasn't like they were, you know, uh, throwing some having somebody walked in at some sort of orgy. I mean, the fact yeah. that they were just I mean, that's the thing to me the, that Tom Cruise, who, by the way, I'm sure Jerry loves this. I mean, he's one of the biggest benefactors of the Church of Scientology, yeah. which is beyond evil and has ruined so many lives. And he's going to moralize because people are standing three feet apart while masked. F you. Well, there, was, there was a bunch of video. It was a video thread going around last week and it was a, a local restaurant owner and he was filming his restaurant empty. I think it was Monday night. Traditionally, just because it's holiday season, people are out, whether it's holiday parties or whatever, it'd be busier than it was. It was completely empty. There was one guy at the bar and his whole video was basically just like, we did everything you asked and you're not allowing us to operate our business. You're, you're, you're shutting down indoor dining, whatever you're doing. He did this whole spiel. Tom Cruise is now kind of the face and of defending let's just do what they ask so we can keep paying people and we can keep trying to provide jobs and operate. You know what I mean? Like I think I think it's a positive thing. He comes to to Jerry's point, he comes off like an asshole a little bit. Excessive. He comes off like such a dick. And I mean yeah. the, the but the infraction though, Dave, was so minor. I mean yeah. you yeah, know, I know it's slippery slope. Implication but the implications of fucking it up are huge. There's a lot of stories in Hollywood right now of production shutting down because of minor infractions like that. And then they never come back. You know, yeah, what I mean? like, that COVID has completely screwed that stuff. And maybe that's, you know, maybe some of those instances are bigger than I thought I, they would, but I would assume he's hearing incidents like that and just saying, listen, we got to go over the top. If they want six feet, we're going to do 12. You know what I mean? And if you fuck it up, then, you know, we're, we're screwing it for everybody. I don't know. He definitely went over the top there. That, that was, that was quite a reaction. Very long reaction to. I wonder who leaked it. That's the question. Like, uh, it's probably one of the crew members. Jerry was telling me. I didn't even see this. Jerry was saying that some of the crew members quit yesterday. I don't know, but I don't know. I want. I gotta look that up. But, uh, but I don't know. It was long. I'm that type of guy that would have eventually went up to him and just like you. You realize this is excessive, right? Like we we got. You have, I would not have. I would have cowered in fear. Oh, you me? You were at some a, point. Nope. This clip, I would I just played forty seconds and it felt like fucking forever. This clip goes on for three minutes. It's and I don't even know if it's the full thing. Here's Jerry. I, or, I'm tougher, much be tougher behind a microphone than I am uh, in person. There's no, no doubt. I remember. That. I remember. Remember Jerry? We used to talk about. Uh, remember when Kirk did his episode yelling at Steve, and you were like, "If you ever fucking sat there and let me yell at you like that, I would have flipped." There's no way you could take a taunting like yeah. Tom Cruise. 
And today, uh, the latest, we have an update, uh, according to the New York Post, six staff members quit after sure. Tom Cruise's uh, tantrum, which I guess, you know, I don't know what level they are, but uh, the, you don't hear any of them on the audio, the audio, which is endless of him ranting. Nobody ever says, you know, uh, he, he doesn't want them to uh, apologize, but nobody ever says, shut up, enough, enough. You made your point. It gets a little tedious, but here's my point is he never says, put your mask on. You're going to kill us all. You're going to infect us. You know, don't you realize how da-? he just wants to follow the rules so they don't shut him down. And he makes the point over and over again that if you, if they shut us down, it's a cut it costs a lot of little people, their jobs. He mentions that they won't be able to put food on their table or send their kids to college. And B they're the, like the, what do you call them? The gold standard or the prototype for everyone else. If, they can't make a movie because of the rules and restrictions uh, place put in place because of uh, the pandemic. Then nobody can do it. So he is the whole industry is looking at Tom Cruise and saying, if he can make a major you know, product in you know, movie, big budget movie, then we all can. So I do think two things. He's he's got the, he's got the right intentions. Yeah. And by the way, I wonder if he is. <laughs> I'm starting to think he's the guy that leaked the audio because it makes him look good. And I, in my mind, it makes him look good, not to us necessarily. And it does, you know, to some of us, but in the industry, there are a lot of people. And he mentions, he spends his nights on the phone with uh, producers and with um, uh, studios and insurance companies. Yeah. He's this the whole tantrum was directed to them. Look how hard we're working. We don't mm. allow anybody to break the rules. We are doing it right. Once everyone else sees and hears this, they'll do the same thing. So I that's think- that. That's not a bad point, and that changes my thought on it too a bit. Because my first inclination was, "What a dick!" And also because you read the alleged infraction, as I was telling Dave, uh, they were masked and standing like three feet apart instead of six feet feet apart. So it's like the, the infraction was so minor. Right. And the results in that- is put a mask on. You know, he never says, you know, don't. Whatever. Right. But I agree. But I think that that was obvious. Like he's a performer. And I think that makes sense that he was showing like, look how great we can do it. And if we can do it, then others can do it too. So I get that. But still, I mean, and if you were just mad at these guys, you wouldn't make that whole dramatic rant about feeding people, feeding their families. It just, we don't want to lay people off. I've allegedly, and this was in one of the stories I read, he spent $700,000 of his own money uh, to uh, outfit the whole place with uh, the, whatever the uh, measures they needed, the plastic screens and the sanitation stations and the masks and everything else is he's fanatical about it, but he's not like that. You know, the guy we saw in the store was chasing the woman with the tight shorts. We played that guy. He went viral screaming at her, put a mask on. She was, he was doing that just to be a jerk because of his own personal, you know, you know, feelings about whatever the, the virus, you're going to kill me. If you don't put him out, Cruz never says you're going to make me sick and I'm a big star. He doesn't even say you're going to make the other guys on the crew sick. He just says they will shut us down. If they send inspectors in here, like they do in the restaurants in New York or the gyms, send these inspectors in, catch us breaking the rules. They will shut down this movie, which has a budget of like, you know, whatever, 150 million. 200 million and we can't afford that. So he's looking out for the business and the people who work for him. So I think he comes out of it. Okay. And I even wonder if he didn't at least green light 
the I release like of the video. Uh, That's a good theory, Jerry. I like that. I just hard for me to get past the whole Scientology thing with Tom Cruise. <laughs> You've watched Going Clear. I mean, that is. A, but he doesn't no. mention. He doesn't say anything weird like that either. And and in fact, Alex, he swears, which I didn't know he did. Isn't that do, do Scientologists swear? I'm not sure. It's probably against some sort of code. But if you're Tom Cruise, I think you can break some of the code. I, I would assume. I mean, I assumed he swore. He's a hothead. He's a nutbag. I mean, remember when he like jumped on the couch at Oprah? Like, he's a crazy person. He I, can we play some of it to see if my theory holds up in your mind? If you hear um, crew, and you don't have to play it all. Obviously, it goes forever. But let's hear some of uh, crazy Tom Cruise on the set of Mission Impossible 73. <laughs> and you, you never do it again. That's it. Your apologies. You can tell it to the people that are losing their f***ing homes because our industry is shut down. Second, put food on their table. A pay for their college education. That's what I sleep with every night. <laughs> That's what I sleep with every night. Oh, and then he's, you know, I'm on the phone with insurance companies and produce, and maybe that's all true. Um, and maybe, you know, they are just trying to get through the day without getting. Where are they? They're in England, right? Is it England they're in oh, for this? I believe so. Let me look it up. And, and I'm sure the, over there, they're more, you know, fanatical. England is shut down, like completely. Like, you know, like L.A. now. Or, yeah, like, but the difference is, though, that they give all of their uh, workers 80% of their salaries if they can't work. So, you know, Canada gives people 2000 a month. I mean, other countries that lock down actually give people help to get through the lockdown, which we don't do. We just lock down right. and fend for um, yourself. I'm, no. I'm with you to an extent. I'm never for bailouts or buyouts, but in this case, when you forbid someone to make a living, right? When they choose to make a living, and you say no, you can't. Yes. Then I would say I agree with you. It's time for a bailout. They're not asking for charity. They're asking for a chance to go to work, and they're not being allowed to. So I'm with you on that. And in, Cruz, uh, in Cruz's defense, his the film was already shut down. Right? He was he was filming yes. it. Italy, it was shut down and so and they like cost them and they had a number on how much they cost you know millions yeah to shut it down and if there's some and it's like you know you've seen the restaurant guys when the inspectors come in and, and, and i make, saw that guy the guy in la the yeah. his tables he put his tables on the sidewalk they weren't using them but it was a violation so they wrote him a citation and he flipped out so if you cruise and you see two guys i think he saw two guys standing close to each other right, right looking at a uh, computer screen or a TV screen and he flipped out because they weren't socially distanced. He might not care. I mean, he might think it's not a big deal, but he knows those inspectors are lurking, those government inspectors. And if they see that maybe they're overzealous and they say you're done and he can't afford that, you know, personally, professionally. And if they shut down Tom Cruise, maybe that means they shut down smaller production films and, and, and smaller stars because, you know, we just can't make it there. We can't make it until this whole pandemic's over. And it's true. You're not, they're not making movies. I know you, like everybody, have sat there at Netflix or, you know, whatever, HBO, tried to find a movie and going, there's nothing. There's nothing. You know, well, I'm still no- waiting. I'm watching Industry, which is a great show on HBO. Lots of sex. But my question is, when do we, yeah, I mean, when do we, all the shows are still pre-pandemic. What do we, we're going to have like. I don't know. They're going to start putting movies on you know hbo max at the same time they put them into theaters of course theaters would just shut down again in boston they, they i i think theaters it sounds like a dangerous place but i think movie theaters are easy place to socially distance just have you know every third seat 
it wouldn't be enough to make a lot of money, but would it be enough to keep them afloat? I would think so. If it's, if a theater holds 200 people, then you have, you know, 75 people in the theater. Look, I mean, the bottom line is when it, when it comes down to where the infections are coming from, I mean, look, I have the list of like uh, November 8th to December 5th in Massachusetts. Uh, we had like 35,000 cases and 31,920 of them are what they call household transmission. I mean, I don't even know what that means, but it's not happening in movie theaters or really any public place. Do you know what's happening? Because people are wearing their masks in their Uber and then they're going to their house party. I think. No, I mean, that's it's not, I don't think it's house parties. It's just houses. They're going home. That's where you yeah. get it because it's long term exposure. I've explained this before. That's true. Uh, and and by the way, where do they tell you to go? Where do these tyrants like Baker and Cuomo and where do they tell you to go when they kick you out of the bars? Right. Home, home, home right. where everyone gets sick. I tell this again. I want you to keep this in mind going forward because it's the best analysis I heard. And it was a doctor, an epidemiologist. Somebody said, think of it like a sunburn. You get sick from coronavirus the way you get a sunburn. It's extended exposure. If you walk by someone on a sidewalk or right. jog by them or bike by them, right. they don't transmit the virus to you. If you're in a room at home or in a nursing home, obviously, or in a hospital, and you're exposed over a length of time, it's like when you go to the beach and you park your car and you walk to the beach and you put your chair or your blanket down, then you put the sunblock on, you don't get sunburned for that 10 minutes. You get sunburned if you don't put the sunblock on for the next three hours. So you need exposure, and they don't know the exact time, at least 10 minutes if you're just walking by someone in the grocery store because you broke the rules and you went the wrong way, you're not going to get the virus. Now, is that me? No, it's some doctor I heard on cable TV but it sounds right to me. That's why you have so many transmissions at home or in right. nursing homes and hospitals and not in gyms because in gyms, you don't sit down and breathe on someone for, for 20 minutes. All right. Unless you're, unless you're licking your hands after you use the weights. I mean, it's, it's just, it's not, it's not, I mean, right. That's the thing. Like you look at, and that's my big thing now and why I am anti shutting down all of these businesses because all Demo, we, we believe science, right? Democrats, we believe science. Well, the science tells us that no transmission virtually is happening in any business. It's all happening. As we said, in households, people are going home and bringing it to their household members. You know what, Reamer, I'm glad I brought you back because you sound awfully reasonable today. I don't know. It's maybe it's a, we believe so. I believe in science. I just believe in science. If you're a liberal when you're, uh, uh, if you're not a liberal when you're 18, then you're um, have no heart. If you're not a conservative, when you're 30, you have no brains and you know, you're getting old and you oh, maybe, I have no money though. So, uh, well, you're working on it. That Substack stack is taken off. All right. <laughs> um, I, we promised you a guest who could um, present an opposing point of view. And I think we got one. Uh, Samuel Scarpino is an assistant professor and director of emerging epidemics lab at Northeastern university. Uh, Good morning, Professor. How are you? I'm Jerry. That's Alex. Uh, thanks for joining us. Good morning. Us. Good morning, Jerry. Alex. Thanks for having me. We, uh, um, do we call you doctor? I'm just not sure these days. Are you a doctor? No. Uh, I you, you can call me Dr. Scarpino, but I think Sam is, is probably better for this morning. I, uh, Sam sounds much less pretentious. So we will call you Sam. And Sam, you're here for one reason, because 
I have lost my mind repeatedly over these last 10 months, like a lot of us, because of these apparently arbitrary orders, edicts from our governments, whether it's a mayor or governor. And we, as we know this week, our mayor in Boston shut down gyms for the next three weeks. That bothers me, not just because I go to the gym, but because it doesn't seem to make any sense. I saw those numbers. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of transmission of the virus in gyms. Can you make sense of this and tell us why the mayor is shutting down gyms? And by the way, uh, putting further restrictions on restaurants at the same time, 10 days or whatever it was before Christmas, putting more people out of work, putting more people out of business. Why does that make any sense? Well, first, I I would say that the biggest challenge we've had uh, for COVID-19 in Massachusetts and, and across the United States has been the data. And there's two pieces to that. So one, the way that we control COVID until there's a vaccine, until we have enough people vaccinated is test, trace, isolate, which yep. means if we don't know where the cases are coming from, we're not controlling the virus. And in this case, state of Massachusetts, the last time they were reporting, it was about 50% ascertainment of where the cases were getting infected. So for me, that means we don't know where they're coming from. About the other 50% of those come from the household. Right. And that's about right. So internationally, it's about 25 to 30% of cases come from the household. And now to control COVID, once it's in the household, there's not a whole lot you can do unless you have isolation housing or people can, you know, kind of keep themselves separate. And so you have to figure out how to keep it from getting into the household. So part of the reason this feels arbitrary is that we really don't know where the cases are coming from. So we're, we're essentially fighting this thing blind because we're not getting enough information out of the contact tracing system. Yeah. And, 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 and so, so that's my question, Sam, because I, like, I just read the data from like Massachusetts COVID results, November 8th to December 5th. And right, 31,900 of 35,000 cases are from households. It shows that virtually none are from businesses. So I guess my question is, I always wonder what is like household transmission? And also, so those other 50% of cases, are we sure those are coming from businesses? I mean, cause they, they must be coming from somewhere. So it's just, it's all, all just very confusing. I, I agree that it's confusing. So one of the big challenges, over 50% of people are getting infected by individuals who are not showing symptoms yet, which means that it's it's very difficult to even figure out where you got infected because it's probably from somebody that, that wasn't coughing yet, didn't have a fever. In addition, because the household transmission is so can be so regular, you have to keep it out of the household. So one of the ways that I try to think about this is controlling COVID before there's a vaccine is about keeping it out of the household. So understanding where is the transmission happening out in the community uh, that is causing it to come into the households. And so I agree it's confusing. I think that's one of the things that that has contributed to so much economic and business uncertainty is that because we don't really know where the cases are coming from, we're, we're really left with with kind of only bad options when it comes to trying to control uh, COVID-19. And that's that's setting aside the fact that we haven't had a federal bailout, meaning that really there's nothing we can do to support most of these sectors. Even at the state level, we really don't have the finances to bail out the restaurant industries or, or you know, the gyms or other places that are bearing the burden here. All right. Serious question. You're a director of emerging Epidemics Lab. Epidemics Lab. You are a scientist. I assume you're a man of science. I I often have this question for guys like uh, Fauci. Do you care? Is it in your domain whether we shut down small businesses? Do you care how many people are unemployed, bankrupt? Does it matter? Or all are all are all you concerned with is the virus? 
No, absolutely. I, I care. I, I care both because I'm a member of the community and, and I care about everybody here who's feeling this economically, that they're seeing dreams go away from small businesses. But I also care because one of the things that has been clear internationally is that there are no good examples of the economy surviving while the virus is running rampant through the community. The examples we've seen are people or communities controlling both the virus and then bringing the economies back online. And so I think that going all the way back to the spring when we didn't have the testing resources we need, and now kind of fast forwarding to today where we both don't have the data to understand where the cases are coming from, but we also don't have the financial resources coming from the federal government to bail out the sectors. It, we're really left with very few options to keep the hospitals from getting overwhelmed, for example. And Yeah. And, and Sam, I mean, I think so. I have two questions. A, what is the reason why we don't know where these cases are coming from? And B, you know, if people are not willing to share with contact tracers and Julia Marcus, I'm sure his work you're aware of, has written a lot about this, where there's a huge stigma to getting COVID, right? People go, oh, you got COVID. You must have been behaving irresponsibly. There's a lot of moralizing and shaming. And as a result, it keeps a lot of this behavior underground. So I feel like a lot of the fervor that we see on social media and a lot of the shaming on social media contributes to us maybe not knowing where a lot of these cases are coming from because people don't want to say that, oh, I was out seeing friends because then they're afraid of being stigmatized and, you know, harassed, basically. Yeah, it's a big problem. Um, it's something that people anticipated all the way back in the spring that, I mean, just getting someone to answer their phone. I mean, so if I have a phone call from somebody and I don't recognize the number, the chance I'm going to answer it is is so close to zero, right? And so um, getting even just getting a hold of people and then getting them to be truthful, giving all the stigma. I mean, that's why that's why I'm highly skeptical of of the data that we have in terms of concluding where the cases are coming from. And I think that unfortunately also means we can't say it's not the gyms or the restaurants, um, you know, because we just don't know. And I, I think that the not knowing is the big problem because, you know, to be honest, I'd love to know that it's not the gym so that we could have the gyms open. I'd love to know that it's not the restaurant so that we could have the restaurants open. And so instead what we're left with is we, we know that indoor gatherings are high risk and anything we can do to limit indoor gatherings uh, is likely to benefit COVID. And I agree, that's not the situation that we want to be in. Um, what, what, what's, why, what hospitals do you know of, Sam, that are overwhelmed? Well, we've curtailed non-life-threatening surgeries throughout the state of Massachusetts. And these are people that are, need to have cancer surgeries. I mean, really anything that isn't immediately life-threatening has been curtailed. And so I would say by that measure, all the hospitals are overwhelmed. So people well, are having to put off surgeries that they need to have uh, for, for critical uh, issues like cancer. I don't think they have to. They choose to, um, for the most part, correct? I mean, you're, you're telling me that these surgeons aren't available? That the, the governor has put in measures uh, that, that are severely curtailing uh, anything that is non-life-threatening. Right. It, they, we choose to. I don't think, and we saw this in New York with that comfort ship and with the Javits Center, we prepared for... Uh, this overwhelming of the hospitals, it never happened. Uh, I mean, I don't think that's an excuse anymore. I would just ask generally for you a simple question. Are you, do you think lockdowns work? I think it depends on what we mean by a lockdown. Um, 
I, back in the spring, we didn't have any choice. So we emptied out the hospital capacities down to about 60%. They normally run at 95%. Uh, we completely locked down essentially all of our social contacts and we came this close to running out of beds. I mean, we were right at the limit. And if we hadn't done that, we would have had people dying in the hallways because we didn't have a bed available for them, which I think is tragic. And it was because we were caught off guard. You know, we can figure out retrospectively whether it was the federal government or who it was, but we didn't have, we didn't have options back then. We've had good options for months now. We've been on a steady increase in cases since September and really only now have taken any kind of measures. So like if two months ago we'd said, okay, we're going to leave everything open, but no more than 10 people at a time in any of these spaces or no more than 15 or 20% capacity. Work with the business owners to figure out what the right kind of options are. We, we had something back then that could have worked. And so I'm, what I'm convinced of is that you can beat COVID without lockdowns. You just have to take it seriously early. I guess my question, Sam, and this is maybe my final one, is like California has some of the strictest lockdown measures in the nation. And I'm reading here from the Washington Post yesterday, they reported more than 41,000 cases on Wednesday. If it were a country, it would be one of the world leaders in new COVID cases ahead of India, Germany, Britain. So, so that, so that's what's hard for me to understand where California has some of the most strictest lockdown measures in the country. And yet COVID cases are exploding. What is your explanation for that? Yeah. So first I would say it takes two or three weeks before we see any effects, right? So the people that are sick today, they're going to be in the hospital in two weeks. There's not very much we can do about that. We can do something about the cases in three or four weeks. So the first is like, once the measures go into place, you've got to wait for a while to see things kind of come back into normal. But I do agree with you that we've not done a good enough job in this country, um, really figuring out what works and what doesn't work. Um, and, uh, and this is one of the points that I heard one of you making before I got on the call. And this is, you know, if you go back to comments I was making in the spring, I said, look, I'm not an economist, but from what I remember, uncertainty is bad for the economy. It's bad for the businesses. And so part of the issue that we've had from the governor on, you know, on down is a lack of here is exactly what we're going to do and what's going to trigger it so that everybody's on board, whether we like it or not, we know what the plan is. Right. Instead, we've been sort of all over the place. And, and then sometimes we end up in a situation where there's not a whole lot left we can do besides maybe locking everything down. And we have an opportunity to correct this as we go into the vaccine era, right? So COVID is gonna start getting lower and lower and lower as we vaccinate people. And what that means is that we're gonna be dealing with flare ups around parts of Massachusetts, around parts of the United States, and if we have really good systems for identifying where these cases are coming from, then we're not going to be wholesale shutting down entire sectors. We're going to be a lot more controlled and strategic uh, with, with how we respond. And I think that that's going to be better for everybody. You're not going to tell us that we have to continue wearing masks and staying home after we get vaccinated, are you? Well, first, I would say we don't actually know yet that the vaccine blocks transmission. And so until we ascertain that, and we're not gonna know that until we've had enough people vaccinated and we're tracking epidemiologically to see. So for now, we need to be safe and assume that if you've been vaccinated, you might still be able to get infected and, and infect other people. One of the things that I heard uh, from the chief operating officer of Palantir, and, and I, could, I could tell you that for somebody with some of my philosophies, this is not a person I expected to agree with, uh, but, 
he said, one of the things I'm curious about is why we were so accepting of this many flu deaths in the past. Influenza is one of the top 10 causes of death in the United States every year. Why would we go and visit an elderly family member with a respiratory infection and not put a face mask on, knowing that if that person got infected, uh, you might end up killing them? And so I do think that one of the things that we should be having a conversation about as a society is, are there smaller steps we can be taking to protect each other in some of these settings that are going to benefit us, uh, benefit us as a society? So stay home. You know, I think that's one of the things we have to figure out how to relax first, because it's really important that we get out, we see each other. It's important for mental, physical, social well-being. The mask wearing, I think we should be having conversations about, like, if you're sick and you've, you still have to go out and see people, you know, why not put a mask on? See, you're, you're missing the point, though. We've eliminated the flu. You saw that. There were no flu deaths this year. They're all accounted. They're all being placed in the COVID category. So we don't have to worry about the flu anymore, Professor. But uh, I, we will uh, 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 let you get back. Is it a snow day at Northeastern? Did you guys get uh, a snow day? Well, we've uh, our semester ended. Um, so I'm, I'm at home grading uh, 150 stats finals. Uh, but uh, otherwise, it, it would have probably been a snow day. You know, Dude, I think you should grade really easy. It's been a stressful time. Give the kids a break. I am absolutely. It's it's been a long semester for everybody, and I actually think that would that would maybe be my closing comment is that I don't think I've ever interacted with people that are more stressed than they are now, including me. And we've got to figure out how to get through this as a society. We've got to figure out how to save the bars and the gyms and the restaurants and and kind of coalesce around all that. Yes. And I think it's only by having these conversations and understanding that. We're all in this together, and I think we all can figure out how to lift each other up and get through this as a better society. And and those are the conversations I want to be having, and I think we can figure it out. Um, so, you know, thanks for, for having this conversation and inviting me, and I, I appreciate it. Well, now, now it sounds like Joe Biden. We're all going to get along here. I think we can. I'm an optimist. I think we can find common ground, and, and I think we all care about each other, and I, I think we can figure it out. And we can all bond together at the gym and then go to the bar and have a good time. But then, anyway, thank you, Professor. That is Professor Samuel Scarpino from Northeastern, a epidemic, epidemics lab uh, director, specialist, and uh he sounded a little too reasonable for me. I don't like that. I don't like that level head. I know he made he made sense. I mean, I think look the the, the argument that I would he's say wrong about hospital capacity. I mean, he's wrong about it. You, there's never I you would see it every day, Alex, twenty four seven. If there were uh, patients being kept out in the hallway, well, he's right though that Charlie Baker has implemented measures recently to curtail right. voluntary selective procedures or non light. Right, that was a long time ago. Right, no, but he did it again recently. All right, that's insane. And people are going to die from cancer, you know, because they didn't get their screenings from colon cancer because they didn't get the colonoscopies. But there are two reasons for that. One, they were um, put on hold by by the government. And two, they were afraid because the the uh, virus was in the hospital. And to avoid the virus, you had to stay away from the hospital. And they would say, you know what, I'll skip this year's screening. I'll go next year. And we'll see it. There'll be deaths because of that. There'll be collateral damage along with, you know, kids with mental problems and drug addicts and alcoholism and domestic abuse and unemployment. There's all kinds of collateral damage, but people, and, you know, I asked him the question and he said he cares about everything, but people like Fauci don't care about people. He cares about viruses. You know, he doesn't care that there are unemployments and bankruptcies. He called them inconveniences. Uh, That's what bothers me is there's a lot more damage than just the, 
the you know, old folks who are dying from the virus. Well, right. It's very callous language. And look, I, I look, I think, Sam, look, the point that we don't know where half of the infections are coming from is an epic failure of not. And that's not Trump. That is our state government as well as a whole failure of everybody. But I would say for the data we do have shows that it is not being transmitted in these public places. So that's number one. And number two, it's just this thing where if you order businesses to shut down, and then you don't pay people to make a living. That is just abhorrent as far as right. I'm concerned. That is cruel. And, and, and cruel. cruel. And the fact, and nobody, and Sam, you know, recognizes that, but not enough people have sympathy for the people who they're putting out of business. And they, they don't. And that's. Right. They don't look disgusting. at all the other aspects to it. They just think the virus. How do we stop the virus? So if you stop the virus, I mean, literally, you could stop the virus or at least, you know, flatten the curve. If no one went anywhere, you'd destroy the economy, the greatest economy in the history of the world, voluntarily yeah. destroy the economy, and you would uh, absolutely lead into more, you know, drug addiction, cancer deaths, you know, loneliness, domestic, all that. That would that would work, right? I mean, it's it's like the solution. North Korea, Kim Jong Un found a solution. He just kills everyone who tests positive. And, <laughs> well, I guess I mean he got that idea from Andrew Cuomo, but that's just that's one way. It doesn't. It doesn't make it right. I mean, it's a solution, but it doesn't make it right. Maybe you need a building. You know, everyone could use a building now and then. Shea Concrete has buildings. They have buildings. They they partner with Easy Set Worldwide, and they manufacture precast concrete buildings for multiple applications in a variety of sizes. Shea's been manufacturing precast buildings for over 17 years, and no one does it better. Precast concrete buildings provide the most durable and long-lasting option compared to other modular building applications such as metal, wood, masonry. Shea Concrete Manufacturers delivers and installs these engineered precast concrete buildings as a true turnkey provider from initial handshake through the final installation support. With a focus on cost efficiency and quality control, each of their precast concrete buildings are pre-assembled at their factory and typically delivered and installed in one piece by their experts. Uh, you know what makes them uh, better than other buildings? They, they can uh, they can build them in the worst of weather because they do it indoors. That's unlike other, you know, wood, metal. They do it indoors, in, the, in their big plants. They build your building. This increases productivity, lowers cost, and gives the customer a legitimate time frame of when the building will be placed on site. To learn more, Simply go to shakeconcrete.com or call them up and ask for Frank or Mike. These are the experts in these buildings. They'll tell you what you need. They can tell you what sizes they can build. It's the answer. You need a building, go for a precast concrete building. Call them today or just log on to shakeconcrete.com. Learn all about their precast buildings. All right. We have to get to a couple more things. You're you're a you know a, a sports guy because you're an overnight sports radio host. And ready, Jerry. Giannis is staying in Milwaukee. I think that him and Drew right. Holiday are yeah. Okay. I can't do that. I could do some football, but I can't do that. But first, I don't know if uh, Colin ain't still with us because we have to get to one more Hollywood dink. And I'm I'm giving Tom Cruise a pass. I've decided he had his heart in the right place. But here's what I can't stand. And and I've talked about this before, but these mask Karens, these mask fanatics, like the guy in the store with the grape smugglers on, chasing that woman up and down the aisles. Now we have George Clooney. George Clooney, who I can't stand to begin with, Lives in Italy, um, you know, flies in private jets everywhere. He doesn't spend any time uh, in any city in America, walking the streets or running or biking or, you know, going to work. 
he doesn't know what's going on in this country. He's just one of these, he's the ultimate limousine, you know, Learjet liberal. I shouldn't say Learjet, Gulfstream liberal. That's what he is. He looks at things from literally from 35,000 feet and, and passes judgment on people. And he, and he, here's what's annoying as hell to me now, Reamer. Tell me if you agree. We've agreed on a lot today. That's is weird. People who scold you and say, just put a mask on. When the fact is that I'm going to say three months ago, four months ago, everybody already did. Everybody. If George Clooney left his palace on Lake Cuomo in Italy and, and came to New York or L.A. or Boston, he would realize people are already wearing a mask. But he was on with Howard Stern, another limousine liberal who bought a house in Palm Beach for $52 million. That's old Howie Hamptons. He's got three, he's got three uh, homes. And when you add them all up, they're worth like $200 million. He is just this mogul beyond, uh, beyond he's in Clooney's class. Anyway, they sit there and go, just put a mask on you selfish asshole. And then they get on their private jet and they head back to Italy. Everyone's wearing a mask. It's stupid. It's overdone. It's just performative art to use, to use uh, one of your terms, uh, Alec, performative art. Look at me. I care so much. I'm demanding you wear a mask. And everyone looks at him like, we're already wearing masks, asshole. I mean, all you need to know, I mean, Biden, though, has his mask for 100 days of masks, Jerry. And then we'll, but here's the thing. As of this summer, 230 million Americans were already living under some sort of mask mandate. So, like, obviously just wearing, I mean, Massachusetts, no one's more masked up than Massachusetts. No, everybody. I said that the other day. I went out, I went out for hours running, walking, and I swear to God, I was the only one. I was, you know, with my dog by myself. So, of course, I wasn't wearing a mask. But everybody, everybody, little kids, old people, runners, bikers, joggers, and then you have some douche like George Clooney acting like he's better than everyone else because he's wearing a mask. Hey, memo to you, George, everybody's masked up. Move on to something else. Give us another, you know, uh, pro tip, you dink. Well, it's just stupid, though, that you like by law have to wear a mask if you're walking your dog alone outside, but yet you can go into a restaurant and eat and breathe uh, on your, you know, eight closest friends, uh, you know, and, I'm, and I don't want to close down restaurants. But I'm just saying the side and that's why no one can buy into any of these edicts because it just none of it makes way, sense. I have a gator, one of those gators, and it's all yeah. worn out and saggy. It doesn't work. I mean, it doesn't cover up my breath. It's well, just, it's just well, for wear sure. something else then. That's on you. Get a better mask. <laughs> right, let's listen to George Clooney with just with his fellow latte liberal, Howie Hamptons. And and that's if you're allowed to do it right now. I mean, we're losing three thousand people a day right now. So that's right. You know, it's a. This is gonna. You know, we're. It's like you just want to yell at everybody and say, just put a fucking mask on. You know. I know. This whole. That's all we- this, this this crazy thought where everybody's going well it's my freedom it's like that's not how this shit works dumbass it's i know here's your freedom your freedom is this you're free to smoke until your lungs turn black but you can't do it on the bus right you know and you're free to drink until your liver pops and comes out your ass <laughs> but you can't drink and then get behind the wheel of a car there have to be certain rules this is one that says Put on a fucking mask and we'll get through this. We got vaccines coming. Let's save another 60,000 lives before the vaccines. You know, See, what happened to our, it's just an act. It's just an act. He doesn't even go out in public and see anybody mm-hmm. maskless. He could never name anybody who says it's my right. I can only name one person and that's Aubrey Huff, you know, <laughs> former major leaguer. Cause I follow him on Twitter and he's, you, great. You, he's you great. like him. He's good. Yeah. 
I mean, he's he's like Kurt Schilling if Kurt Schilling were you know drunk and Kurt Schilling times ten thousand. But and, you know Schilling's smarter, I think. And Aubrey Huff is entertaining, but he he no, goes to places without a mask. He's just to piss people off. I can't think of another person. Can you who says I'm never wearing a mask when I go to you know CVS or if I go to a stop and shop? I'm not going to do it. Do you know anyone that does that? No, I don't. I don't either. He's no. making it up. And and I'm not surprised. It's all just look at me. It's this pompous liberal bullshit where I'm I'm Stop better me. than you. Every, you know, if everyone if everyone wore a mask, we'd get through this. We've been wearing masks for you know eight months in Massachusetts. Okay, it's it's not. It's so much more complicated than that. It's like just it's banality. It's like if I hear one more time, look, we just need to social wash your, wash your hands, wash your hands, wear your masks. Like well, that's what our mayor, you know, Mayor Walsh, and certain people they think they go back to that every time, and you go. Dude, it's been 10 months. We got you. We're washing our hands and we're wearing masks. Can you give us a little more information? Maybe some more helpful hints than that? It's like, and somebody made this point uh, the other day, and it's a good one. You know that sign in men's uh, bathrooms and restaurants that said employees must wash hands? Right. That's not there to tell employees to wash their hands. They're already washing their hands. In fact, everybody is washing their hands for the most part after they go to the bathroom, particularly employees. They do it. They don't need a sign to tell them. It's just a way to say, look, look at us where we have all these uh, precautions in, in place and we're looking out for you. It doesn't actually do anything when you sit there and say, and there are the TV commercials. Now, have you seen them of people saying, just do it for me. Wear a mask, save lives. And I'm going, who the hell's not doing this? We've lost 300,000. You haven't lost any. Well, actually, he has. He lives in Italy. They've lost a lot of people, too. Let's go back to Italy. I, I don't think he would have been grocery guy, though. I think he would have just said to that woman, you're an asshole, and then left. You know what I mean? Like at least no, He wouldn't have been grocery guy unless there was a TV crew there. It's all just for show. Okay. He's like the opposite of Tom Cruise. He's Tom Cruise, his heart was in the right place. He was trying to save jobs, literally save the job, and keep everyone employed before Christmas. This douche Clooney's just doing it for show. Just Clooney work. gave all of his childhood buddies a million dollars in cash. In cash. And he's worth uh-huh. yeah, but he made what did he make? A half a billion on tequila? Yeah, yeah but The Rock made more money on tequila and I would I, I gave him credit for that. He had four by the way, I have a question pertaining on this. He gave 14 friends, one million each, in cash. Fourteen guys he grew up with who were loyal friends. All right, he's like my age. He's what is he? Fifty-eight, nine. Sounds right. Who has fourteen friends? I mean, who has fourteen friends? My other question is: I could come up with if I had a billion dollars in cash and came up with friends, I could come up with maybe four or five, maybe. And I'm a really popular guy. Four or five, fourteen. That you want to give a million dollars to? My other question is: What happened to the fifteenth? I mean, he got nothing. You have some what, strain. You have some wouldn't strain. you have a scale? Wouldn't you have a scale? Like I'd give my best three friends a million, yeah, true. and then the next yeah. guy's a half a million, and then like the fifteenth best friends, you know, I'd give them a uh, Dunkin' Donuts gift card. Where do you, you stop know? the line? But where do you stop? Do you stop at twenty? At fifty? And they must have a circle of friends where there's a guy on the fringe, and he's number fifteen, and he's probably some loser, and he's. You know, he grew up in L.A. and he's working in L.A. and he's working at, a, you know, I was going to say at a restaurant, but he's laid off and he's going, I got nothing. You know, yeah, I got nothing. You get a million cash. But anyway, I guess you're right, Conan. You can't hold that against him. Clooney, for that, I guess, we'll give him credit. But 
We never got to all my sports questions from my sports guy, overnight sports host and CBS. NFL's going to a 17-game schedule, Alex. Good idea or a bad idea? I like it. More regular season, less preseason. See, I'm going to be a better man than you. I'm going to be. I'm going to say I love football. I can't get enough NFL football, but but this is not good for the players' health. It's not. They they don't need. It's a violent game, and and it's as dangerous as ever. Even though they got all these new rules, the guys are faster, stronger, meaner. We see the injuries. We see the ACLs. We see the you know Drew Brees' eleven broken ribs. You do not need another game. Bad idea. Ooh, I like that, Jerry. Jerry the Dove. Do we, can we, and this is a big topic for you, I know. Uh-oh. Can we now say that Brady won, Brady, Brady and Belichick every week's a contest, right? The, the, forget the games. The Brady-Belichick contest goes on every week, right? Right. Can we, can we all agree that Brady won this one in a knockout? And he's, we got three more games, but he's eight and five. Belichick six and seven. Brady has one of the easiest schedules um, left to go. In, he's got Atlanta twice, those losers, and Detroit. That's it. So he's going to the playoffs. Yeah. He's he's happy. He just bought a $2 million boat. He doesn't have to dig himself out of a foot of snow. Belichick, six and seven. Brady has 30 69 yards. Belichick <laughs> has 30 touchdowns. Brady has 30 touchdown passes. Cam Newton has five. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> It was a. I, I think it feels. I think it feels like a knockout, but it, I think it went a few rounds. You know, like Cam Newton showed signs oh, of life. You know what I mean? So it kind of you had some highs Dave, in there. Dave, you don't remember, but what I did, I predicted that I said Cam Newton will play more games and win more games than Brady, yeah. because I thought obviously he has an easier division, he has a better coach. I thought he would, and he's obviously much younger. And I just thought they would find a way to win, you know, nine or ten, and Brady. We had a tougher schedule, would win, you know, go eight and eight or seven and nine. I was wrong. Brady had a much better season and he's going to finish strong. I get a feeling he's got an easy schedule. You saw how happy he was to be in the warm weather. He upset a lot of people in New England, by the way, Alex. You bailed on the TV 12, Jerry. I'm never going to live in New England again, he said. I don't care. In the moment, we'll. In the moment, we'll talk about it, but if he doesn't win anything, nobody's going to remember that this shit ever happened. So they're just going to remember the good years. That's what all. Shit? Oh, Tampa years? The Tampa years. If he doesn't win a Super Bowl, Belichick, we're going to forget about this year ever happening. So it's not, you know, you know it's not, things. Uh, Bruce Arians, who takes pride in the fact that he calls his own players out, said yesterday that Brady should not be criticized by anyone. He's changed his tune. He loves him. He says he should be a pro bowler, obviously a pro bowler which is kind of moot because Brady doesn't ever go to the Pro Bowl and doesn't care about the Pro Bowl. But he is probably going to make the Pro Bowl at 43. And I'm just going to make a guess, a prediction here. Cam Newton is not going to. They could could be 10 quarterbacks who pull out with injuries and they're not going to pick Cam. Ain't going to happen. I don't think so either. It's amazing that that Bill Belichick didn't have a plan to replace the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, really. I mean, they traded Garoppolo, and the only QB they drafted since is Jared Stidham in the fourth round. It's unbelievable. And and it seems odd. And not only on top of that, Alex, he let Brady walk. He let him walk. You know, they tore up his deal, let him become a free agent. He let him leave, knowing that it would be really tough to replace him. And they took a while, and they signed Newton. And after about two weeks, people were saying, wow, what was the rest of the NFL thinking? They could have signed Newton for – for, for punter money and they didn't and now we're looking back saying I guess they knew what they were doing and it's going to get worse I said this the other day and I'm sure you've talked about this on your overnight show 
The Patriots are the only team in the division without a young stud quarterback because Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jets, we think, unless they screw it up now. So you're going to have Trevor Lawrence, Tua, and Josh Allen in this division for the next 10, 12 years, and Jared Stidham or who, Brian Hoyer or whoever who's in New England. They're going to have the Still worst. Foxborough high, as they say. They're going to have the worst QB in the division. And I, watching Monday night, I made this point that it feels like they're the only team in the NFL without a young stud quarterback. You got all these studs everywhere, Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray and these guys all over the place. And you're going, well, who's in the draft? Who can they get in the middle of the first round? It's it's bleak. It's bleak here in New England, but, uh, you know, it's still NFL football, so we'll still be watching, and, you know, it'll make the draft more interesting. Well, all right, when are you um, – when are you doing your overnight thing again? Oh, that, and that's it, Jerry. Next week, I don't think I can join you. I'm doing the big Christmas week shift. So I finally have reached the what? pinnacle. Get the callers to give a Christmas present to their favorite team. No, to ask what they want for Christmas. I think? did. I mean, I did the Thanksgiving show. What are you most thankful for? We did turkeys of the year. Hell yeah, we're doing that. Did you, <laughs> yeah, the did you do the gobble show? We did the gobble show. Yep, of course. You have to. All right, and you uh you are writing writing on Substack, writing for everybody. Out Sports Forbes, I'm there. Out Sports Forbes, everyone. The new website, a gay porn website with commentary. Mm-hmm. I'm on there. Read uh, read Alex's uh, Substack on uh, his younger self. He's only 28. He uh, got a accident an accident on his birthday, drunk driving on one on his birthday, yeah, but uh, you survived. No, We're glad you survived. Oh, I know. Just kidding. You were sober coming from the gym before they shut the gyms and yes. you survived. And we're glad you survived. And I think uh, the Substack thing is going to work out for you because you have the work ethic. That's what it takes. You need the ideas and you need the drive. That's hard. And you do the conversation with your younger self, which I thought was pretty cool. And, Thanks, Jerry. And I, and as I tweeted, so don't say I never did anything for you. I know you're my man. All right, Reem team. We'll let you go shovel. Thanks. That oh, is, uh, that is Alex Reamer. What do you want on Twitter? Alex Reamer. Alex Reamer one. Alex Reamer one. Follow him on Twitter and he'll keep you updated with all his various uh, gigs that he's got going on. But uh, we will talk to you again soon, Reamer. And uh, thanks to Allied Paving and Shake Concrete. And thanks to DCU. And thanks to Dr. Samuel Scarpino from Northeastern who joined us. He's a big fan of, I shouldn't say he's a fan of lockdowns. He understands why they are locking things down. He wasn't crazy enough. Uh, um, no, he wasn't crazy. Um, Not a lot of the crazy people got back to me, unfortunately. He, he, he played. He's, he's much too smart and too yeah. level-headed. We need the crazy lockdown freaks who think if you don't close the gym, we're all going to die. You know, those are the kind of people. And uh, generally, you know how I always say the, the people who lock you down don't lose anything. They don't lose a paycheck. They don't lose any correlation between that. Absolutely. <laughs> the people who are in favor of locking down gyms don't generally go there. You know, you see these good point. fatties and saying, what's the big deal? They locked down the gyms. Do some pushups at home. Do some, right. some, do push-ups. some burpees <laughs> in your basement. Um, but that's what we're, what, what's your workout Reamer now that you can't go to the gym or run. You're not running. Are you? Uh, not in the blizzard today, but I've been doing some Peloton workouts, been doing some yoga, virtual you, yoga. You own a Peloton? No, no, no. But I have the app and I have weights. So I've been doing their like weight strength training workouts. They're good. And you do yoga by yourself? I do yoga by myself. And once per week, I do go with my mother to the suburbs where yoga studios can still operate. I, I've been doing yoga. You'd like the guy that I, I found online. 
he's kind of a little gay guy, you know, oh, he's, good. he's very good. And, uh, I've go. been, uh, doing like, he's getting it's, your hard to, it's hard to get the motivation to do it by yourself at home. You know, it is not quite the same in the hot yoga. Your bones are, you know, a little looser and looser. The feeling, but generally when I'd go to a yoga class, I'd be like one of only two guys in it. Yeah, right. The rest would be shapely fit young women in their yoga outfits so there was a real you know draw there for me and now going by yourself not so exciting not so great but uh in you know sitting at home in a dark room it takes a little motivation but i'm glad you made your whiskey run thank you enjoy your uh what kind was it again larceny enjoy your larceny and you calling in enjoy your pink whitney um you're all stocked up Snow I'm all, always stocked up. I'm always when it gets low. I always, uh, I always restock. So not a big you're not, deal. Yep. You're not going anywhere, are you? No. Oh no, I'm not going. I was, I was already shoveling this morning. I'm not playing it's around. Not. You guys don't have much to shovel in city living. This is it's, it's a whole different. No, beat. it's serious. I mean, I usually here in the city we get less, but I'm not sure, man. It looks pretty deep. Yeah, I'm looking right at it. It looks like major, major. St- I don't think anybody's going anywhere. No. You know what? I decided this year I'm not putting my snow tires on my car. I'm not going to go out when it snows. That's my rule. <laughs> it snows, I'm staying home. So I have no choice. I get a car that has real slick little tires, and I would die if I went out in the snow right now. Yeah, so under twenty thousand for a car, Dave. You think they would at least have, have some snow tires? No, I have snow tires, but I have to bring them in there and put on. So I'm not going to do that. That's I'm not going to do it this year because I I'm I am afraid of driving in the snow. I hate it. I shouldn't live here. I should be with Brady. I should have gone with Brady down to the down south and lived in what do they call it? Billionaire's bunker. Where yeah, there you go. I think yeah, podcast is doing well. There you go. He's, he's yeah. gonna live. He's gonna be next door neighbors with Jared and Ivanka in Billionaire's bunker and like Alex Rodriguez and J Lo and. and it's only uh, it's only thirty minutes from Mar-a-Lago, I believe. Right, Palm Beach isn't that far from uh, from Miami, right? No, it's I don't know thirty, but it's close. It's yeah, same, close same enough. General vicinity, right? He'll start hanging out with Trump again. Play oh. golf again. Yeah, that'd, that'd be fun. But all right, Colin, I didn't miss anything here, did I? No, oh, we, missed, we missed the Celtics editorial debut, but maybe we can get to that. My other Celtics. God, these, these, these NBA guys getting into the whole. Maybe we'll do that next week because I got my Sports Illustrated. And I'm just going to tell you that Sports Illustrated is not going to be around much longer. They are the most obnoxiously woke publication it's all this year they honored for their sportsmen the activist athletes. And it's well, all I, I agree there. It's all athletes yeah. wearing masks and Brianna Taylor and Jacob Blake and it's all, you know, we Black Lives Matter. And you look at it and you go, Okay, I I'm, I'm I don't need this from you. Some on the cover of some women tennis player who's upset about, you know And Iomi Osaka, you, she boycotted, right. Yeah, and, and they have her, her picture, and she has a different mask with a different victim of systemic yeah, racism every day. That's good. Okay. At some point, you say, Sports Illustrated, I've had enough of this. You know, I got enough of this from, you know, CNN and MSNBC and Alex Reamer. Can, you know, can we move on? But no, they won't. They will die. They will die a slow, painful death, sadly, and they will deserve it. It's like the death of journalism is not some, you know, unexplained phenomenon. It's it's self-inflicted, and I have no sympathy for some of these places that are going under because they are so damn woke that they've turned off at least half their audience. But uh, we will do that topic another day. We will wrap this up here. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will talk to you again soon.
Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast.